You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Locked On Hornets on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get in your car or you get home from work, just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets. Got some summer league to talk about. Not a very good game. They played against China. So we'll talk about that a little China. bit and some two-way contract speak. And that's when you're at peak summertime talking about one individual player for an entire segment about a two-way contract that they signed with the Charlotte Hornets. Two-way, baby. We're in the That's summertime. just the life of a daily NBA team podcast, man. Even though we're not daily right now, this is why. I because love talking, talking about, about two-way contracts. <laughs> well, you. how about we let you take control the rest of the month? You talk about all the two-way contracts that the Hornets have ever signed in their Frankly, entire Frankly, my dear, I do give a damn. So we've got all of that to talk about <laughs> later on in the show today. Um, let's get to that game, I guess. I mean, what an ugly game that was. Just no intrigue whatsoever. And <laughs> what's funny is they needed to create some type of intrigue for even the diehard Hornets fans to want to stay up on the East Coast mm-hmm. to watch this thing. It was supposed to tip off at like 11. Mm-hmm. It tipped off really closer to 1130. Oh, no, it's like, going, it's like going to a concert. I just went to a concert at the Ryman uh, here. Carly Rae Jepsen. One of my favorite acts. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I love CRJ. One of your favorite acts. You've been to multiple Car- Carly Ray Jepsen concerts? I know this was my first concert for Carly Ray, but I've been a huge fan of her work. Wow. Okay. And she played at the All-Star <laughs> game. I was really, I was, I was sad that I missed All-Star weekend in general in Charlotte. I, I forgot But I was about super that. sad that I missed Carly Ray because Carly Ray's my girl because Carly Ray Jepsen has pop done differently. Anyway, my <laughs> thing about that is like Whoa. concerts... What annoys me about going to see concerts, there are a lot of things that annoy me about concerts in general, but one of them is that they never start on time. And so Carly Rae was no different. Was she fashionably late? She was fashionably fashionably late. Yeah, they took a long time to set her stuff up. Now it was worth it. The 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 wait was worth it. But at the same time, I, I just I want to see I want to see the main act. I was ready for the main act. The the first act was not that great. I was ready for Carly Rae. And it took a while to get there. <laughs> I was ready for Carly Ray. That's a hilarious statement. Now, are you an OG Carly Ray fan? Or be honest, did Call Me Maybe, was that the first song that got you on to who Carly Ray was? Well, so yeah, Call Me Maybe was definitely what put her on the scene and put her on my radar as well. I'm not some like hipster music fan mm-hmm. that knows about acts. I knew Carly before you. Yes, yeah, I'm not, not I don't that. I don't pay attention to music in that way. I don't have that that kind of uh, that kind of talent, You're but not a yeah, call me maybe was great, and I thought it was annoying at first, and then I, I really just started to dig it, and then her second album, Emotion, just really tugged at my heartstrings. Anyway, all that to say <laughs> that sometimes these things start late, and it's annoying. All right, let's get to summer league. I guess I didn't want to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen that long. I'm surprised that we're talking about Carly Rae Jepsen that long. Her new so album, this- by the way, dedicated, great album. A lot of a lot of just again pop done differently. Um, it's just go listen to it. No Miles Bridges in the game against China. 
no Devontae Graham, no Dwayne Bacon. Which, Why was everyone freaking out? Every, it seemed like people, it was because China was such a big dog, right? They were like a 24-point underdog. Dog. They were a huge dog. But and none of the fact, big guys were playing. I mean, I, that's what I tried to calm Anata down on Twitter. He was saying that it was an indictment of their entire draft <laughs> I, I think a lot of people I think a lot of people lost their mind on both sides of this. Look, it's a funny thing to bring up. And what's funny, my co-host Bob Yurzinski on the wake up call, he tweeted out, not sure why this is tracked, but the Hornets lost to China last night, 84 to 80. China was a 23 and a half point underdog, largest underdog to win outright in any NBA game since 1992, which is hilarious. To OK, me. but it's not an NBA game. Just like okay. NBA TV is not national TV, that's not an NBA game. That's a summer league game. It's You know what? It's not even a summer league game. It was like a half a summer league game. It was like a spring game because you didn't have any of the big uh, young talent for the Hornets playing. Yeah, it's just funny to me that people were having this reaction of, why in the hell do you care so much to put that out there? When in reality, it's just something kind of funny to bring up, and it really has no bearing on anything. And you're right, Devontae, none of the three guys played, but just everybody was losing their minds. Everybody losing their minds. But people... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> people are sensitive right now walker that's the, i know the big, they that's, are that's the big takeaway like any anything that goes slightly wrong for the charlotte hornets will be interpreted as god himself striking down any hopes of charlotte ever being good at basketball ever again <laughs> people are really sensitive people, right now they, they, they are people are extremely I mean, you sensitive. got people out here writing that this is rock this is rock bottom for charlotte basketball i mean everyone is just losing you're right everyone's losing their minds <laughs> so let's take a look at really the only positive from this game at maybe you know isaiah hicks played well but you know isaiah hicks is probably going to be one of those guys that bounces from team to team uh, arnie kuboka doug look is he the i think he's the most favorite hornet Maybe outside of Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson and Kimba Walker, I think Kubolka's fourth. I think he's on the Mount Rushmore. Certainly, list. certainly the most famous Arnie. I'm I'm totally on board with calling him Arnie. I love. Yeah. I, I would love. I would look. Look, I am irrationally excited about the prospects of Kubolka being a, a good player for the Charlotte Hornets and them doing sort of the San Antonio thing, uh, the draft and stash. I, like I love that idea. But I'm even more in love with the idea of one of the greatest Hornets of all time being named Arnie. How about Kubolka, our boy Arnie, going all the way, right, <laughs> being being <laughs> being stashed after he was drafted just last season. He comes over and plays a couple of summer league games with the Hornets last year and played pretty well for what he was selected. Was he like 57th, something like that? He was really late in the draft last year. I look at it. P- plays pretty well, but he's a string bean. Could hula hoop through a Cheerio out there. It was obvious that he needed to gain some weight, just like Malik Monk did the year prior to that. And he goes back overseas and plays professionally again. And he looks like a different body. And now he's being more aggressive. He's played well in both of the games that he's appeared in. Scored 7 of 12 from the field against China. 3 of 8 from beyond the arc. So just at 37.5% on that game. It's a guy that looks like he's working to belong. And I think that is something 
that you can take away from. I don't know if Kubolka is going to be somebody that even on a tanking team gets a ton of minutes with this franchise. But what you do like is that, okay, we know what you needed to work on. You need to get some muscle mass. And it looks like I think Rick Bennell said that he gained 15 pounds of muscle mass, something like that. And you can tell and he's playing better. It looks like a draft pick that was worth the investment. And now. Everybody wants them to come over here, and it, it does seem like a situation where you could bring Kuboka over to the States, and at, at this point, with the Hornets not trying to do anything other than rebuild, this would be another piece that you could help uh, bring along. I, I, I think everybody would want that at this point. So, Arnie, you were close. He was a, a round two pick, 55th overall for Kuboka. And and speaking of him, he actually was the one that was able to give some insight into why the Hornets struggled to win that basketball game, or really they struggled and then lost that basketball game, because China was playing a very European style of basketball that Kuboka was very uh, aware of and, and very cognizant of, but uh, apparently the coaching staff, NORAD, it took some time to get that team adjusted to how China was playing. You know, overseas... It's a very team-oriented game. There's a, a lot of intense defense and a lot of it's a lot of up and down play as opposed to what the Hornets were trying to play early in that game. A lot of half court. They were trying to slow the game down, trying to kind of muscle inside. China was ready for that, and they were running up and down the floor. And it wasn't until, and this is what Kuboka said, it wasn't until Charlotte started to adjust to that late in the game and get up and down themselves that they were able to get easier baskets and fight their way back in it. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. It reminds me of Dwayne Bacon talking at halftime in the last month of the regular season where Dwayne Bacon was actually giving you insight rather than the veteran answer where he just wants to go to the locker room, the Kimball Walker answer where he just tells you some of the fundamentals about basketball, how we weren't practicing them, and that's why we were losing. Dwayne Bacon would actually give you some insight. you got to love that from Kubolka. Look, it, it doesn't mean they're going to be fantastic, but it's something to me that at least is interesting about you, and it shows that you understand and are willing to give us some information. Well, let's just say this too. Like the fact that China was a 23 and a half point underdog, it, uh, to me, that's kind of a slight to China and to the rest of international basketball that is is going to be seen as a little backwards, I think, in a few years because the the international uh, the international game is growing and it's getting better. And I think as the league gets away from as the NBA game gets away from size and goes more into shooting and speed and skill, that's only going to benefit uh, what's going on in Europe and, and around the world in terms of their ability to compete with American basketball. After playing well in the previous game, Josh Perkins just goes one of seven. You wonder how that hurts his two-way contract status. And certainly after one already goes to Robert Franks. And we'll get it to the end of that later on in the show. The other thing I think to take away is Cody Martin struggles again to me. Two of seven from had the a, field. Had a nice yam, though. Had a big old yam skis. <laughs> Which, if we learned anything from Jackson Hayes game, that's all we care about, although he played a lot better. He was, hey, he was one Hayes of one game. in yams. Oh, my God. that ja oh, Can we talk that, about that Hayes jam for a minute? It, it was insane. It was insane. There, there are plays, and I, when I was doing my scouting of Hayes, this is what stood out to me. There are plays that just, to me, shout, hey, this guy is undeniable. This guy is going to be a big-time player in the league. And I think that's one of those in Summer League. I, you know, it's you don't want to take too many things away from Summer League, good or bad. But I see plays like that, and I just go, it's just impossible, save for injury, that Jackson Hayes is not going to do something on the next level. 
Cody Martin has five turnovers in this game. It's a guy that has struggled looking comfortable out there on the basketball court. And Doug, it's funny. I'm sure every podcast that talks about the NBA, that talks about the summer league, everybody at the beginning of their sentence, they always speak under the umbrella of, well, it's summer league, so we can't take anything into it. And it's true. It's just funny that we always have to state that. With that being the umbrella in which we're speaking under, Cody Martin doesn't look comfortable, and you can't like that as a guy that isn't leaving college early. He stayed in college yeah. for four years, and this is he somebody that should be. This is somebody that should be an older, poised basketball player, despite mm-hmm. playing more talented guys. I mean, don't get me wrong; it, it's a different game than what Division One basketball is. But the dude is turning the ball over at a very high rate. And it would be one thing if they wanted him to play the wing position where he they're not going to rely on him to facilitate. But that's what Mitch Kupchak and this organization has told us that they want him to do. And he hasn't looked great facilitating and being under control. And that was the one thing. Remember, they wanted him to play that part of the role. And he hasn't looked good. Doesn't mean he can't develop, right? Doesn't mean that we need to write him off as the worst second-round pick ever. It just means that he has not looked comfortable in a way where the Hornets drafted him to look comfortable in that scenario. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it all it means is that he's going to have to work on that and develop that in Greensboro. And if he doesn't develop that in Greensboro, then he'll develop it somewhere else. I mean, that you know, he's a second round pick. Like that's you know, it would have been a surprise to me had he come in and looked like a floor general. That's not that those were not words that were used to describe him sure. coming out of out of Nevada and and he could have gone undrafted just as easily as Robert Franks, who we're going to talk about in a minute, who did just get a two-way contract, who will join him in Greensboro. So that's all it means. Yeah, we don't do this podcast alone. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Search Locked On in your podcast feed to see if your favorite NFL, MLB, or college team is represented. Or you can go to LockedOnSports.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering your team every day. We'll talk a little bit about Terry Rozier's comments on the other side of the break. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the guy? they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. New Charlotte Hornet point guard Terry Rozier spoke to the media on a conference call the other day and seemed to have some comments that people view favorably. You know, a couple of comments that Terry Rozier said to the Charlotte Hornets and the media that everybody was uh, was in there to listen to. He said, you know, they believe in me. They didn't just want me to come over there. They wanted me to be the leader. And that's big to me. And I want to talk about that comment real quickly before we get into other ones. There's two things that reminds me of with with Terry Rozier specifically and with the Charlotte Hornets specifically. One, we know this about Terry. Terry feels like he's that guy because remember when he I mean, Terry loves himself some Terry and in a good way. I don't think that it's in a in a way that comes off as crazy, awful, arrogant, like it's the confidence that you want. But we know when Terry Rozier was on, was it Speak for Yourself? It was one of those debate shows that he was on. And he talked about how he had to sacrifice the most because of Kyrie Irving's addition to the Boston Celtics, which is funny. This is a guy that views himself as that caliber player, which clearly he's not. 
this is somebody that has shot under 40% from the field. Now, I don't know if it's all warranted, but you do like the way that this guy does think as long as he's willing to work well with others. And we know with because it's Kyrie Irving that he had the problems with, obviously so. Kyrie Irving has had problems with a lot of other dudes before, right? In fact, it was like only Jason Tatum and Al Horford that he didn't have problems with on that Boston Celtics team. And it's because Al Horford is a veteran who's not going to have problems with anybody. And Jason Tatum and Kyrie have the Duke connection. Jalen Brown and him didn't get along well. Marcus Morris had problems. Brad Stevens had problems. Terry Rozier had problems. So I feel like we're giving Terry Rozier the benefit of the doubt because Terry feels like he's that dude and the Hornets are allowing him to be that dude. Well, and Terry was paying attention to results. He said, hey, wait a minute, Boston. We did we did pretty well with me at the helm. And now you, you want to go out and, and find another point guard. And so the problem is Terry loves him some Terry, but Terry is not a transcendent player. So Terry mm-hmm. is probably going to remain, unless he makes a significant leap, a replaceable player in this league. But at least for the time being, the Hornets have said, hey, you're our guy. We're done with Kimball Walker. You're our guy. You're not only our guy, you're our leader. And they, they've really, they understood psychologically what Terry Rozier needed to hear. Not what he wanted to hear, but what he needed to hear. He needs to be needed. He needs to feel like he's a significant presence on the court, but also off the court. And that, that's what excites me the most. I mean, I love how confident this guy is. I love that he's able to voice his opinions. I hope he does that in private with this team. And, and some of that competitiveness, some of that, that drive, that killer instinct rubs off, especially on these young guys, maybe even on Malik Monk. I mean, I'd love to see Malik. You know, we, we always talk about Malik, and, and Malik will say, like, I've never lost confidence. But that just doesn't bear out in what we've seen sometimes with him on the floor. So I hope that rubs off on Malik as well. But it would also be pretty insane after all that Terry just said, if the Hornets did make a move for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Get out of here. Terry, Why are you doing well, I'm just, that? No, hold on. I'm not saying that they – what I'm saying is just imagine that. Imagine if Terry <laughs> leaves Boston after getting usurped by Kyrie Irving, then comes to Charlotte, and then they go get <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and he gets usurped again. I mean, that would be – like I can't even imagine just sitting in the room <laughs> with him if he were to find out that news. Um, You hope that it was what he needed to hear enough to where he would take less money or maybe the Hornets were just so dumb and offering them deal. They're like, here, just here's $18 million. Just take it. Yeah. I would, I would hope that he would have liked it so much that he would have taken less, but you do like the dog aspect, Doug. How many times have we talked about the personality of these players where you couldn't say there was a bulldog on the team. You know I mean? MKG was somebody that would always get after it, but he didn't have the vocal kind of bulldog characteristics. Marvin Williams was somebody that kind of fits in the same bill. You know, it, Get an entertaining guy, at yep. least, personality-wise, and we have that. We have that, and that's really cool to see. The other part of this comment I wanted to get to real quickly is this reminds me of Al Jefferson, Doug. When we talked with yeah. Al Jefferson and the Charlotte Hornets being a small market team, remember he talked about Dwight Howard being the coveted guy that everybody wanted, and so he had to wait where Dwight Howard was going to go before he could decide what team he was going to sign with. Charlotte said, Dwight Howard be damned. We're going to go with Al Jefferson. We're going to bring him in for a meeting. We're going to tell him that we want him to be with this city right now. 
We told him that we want him to be the focal point of the offense. And Al Jefferson signs with the Charlotte Hornets because the Hornets showed Al Jefferson how badly they wanted him. And that's exactly what Terry Rozier says here. They believe in me. They didn't just want me to come over there. They wanted me to be the leader. That's big to me. And so this is the thing we talked about where this is the type of risk you have to take sometimes as a small market team. Al Jefferson way more established than what Terry Rozier is, right? That was a good signing. Even then, nobody was knocking that signing. That, that That's a second-tier guy, and that's the risk you took, and it's it's a lot more calculated risk and a good one with Al Jefferson. So I'm not comparing the signings. Yeah. I'm comparing how these guys felt in order to get them in a smaller market, and that's the thing I think of with what Charlotte and all these other smaller markets have to do if they want a particular guy. Well, I, I think Terry is not looking at his past performance as indicative of what's coming up because I feel like he sees this as as the true like first opportunity for him to to know what his role is going to be coming into the season and and to really take advantage of that. So I think, you know, best case scenario, we see a completely different Terry Rozier than we saw in his first seasons uh, with Boston. And and Borrego has had great things to say about him so far. He said he's young, lightly used, still a lot of room for growth. I think he's part of the culture we're trying to establish of of competing on both ends of the floor, a guy who can get downhill and get to the rim. And to me, that just says that Terry Rozier will represent for the Charlotte Hornets, for better or worse, the identity of this team. I think this is a team in Charlotte that's lacked an identity outside of, hey, they got Kimba Walker. He's pretty good. Like, I'd yeah. love to see the Charlotte Hornets develop an identity that's not an, not revolving around the name of a player, but what that player represents. And I think Terry is is capable of providing that for the Charlotte Hornets. Well, and certainly under James Borrego, right? Like we had an identity under Steve Clifford before he left, but you're right. Offensively, you do need to get some type of identity. And I'll tell you, they better get faster. They they better take advantage. This coaching staff better take advantage of what Terry Rozier offers this team, which is a true transition threat. And they've got a few on this team. I mean, I want to see Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges blazing up the floor and attacking teams and getting easy buckets. And I don't know if they're going to win a lot of games, but I just want to see them be aggressive in transition and and take advantage of what they have on the floor and build towards that in the future. All right. When you're driving to work or from work or around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets, and we will be right there for the drive. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with a two-way contract the Charlotte Hornets signed. It's all on the Locked on Hornets podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One other thing I failed to mention about Terry Rozier was the details on the contract did come out. And if you weren't a fan of the contract, you're still not going to be. It shouldn't make you a fan of the contract, but it is declining as the years go on. So the first year he is going to get paid over $19 million. Second year, he's going to get paid over $18 million. Third year is going to be over $17 million. So it is declining. That is what you like to see in the last year of that contract. It will go all the way to $17 mil. So just a little tidbit of information. Not that it 
makes you a fan of this contract in any way or form, but it does decline a little bit. Let me say this about the numbers, too. you got to look at percentage as well. I mean, people like to look at like 18 million or close to 20 million. And I I went over this in the the show that I did uh, last Friday. But I mean, it's, you know, that that number is relatively where you'd like to see it for a starting point guard. You don't want to pay your backup that, but I mean that's that's along the lines of of players, you know, your Teagues, your players who are you know serviceable p- point guards. Number one, and number two, if you look at it as percentage of the cap, it's it's not again, it's where you would want your starting point guard to be. So look, he's overpaid. I mean, the value isn't correct, but I'm with you. And plus, this is a, a team that's they're rebuilding. And this is a team that's rebuilding, and so I don't really care as much. You know, this, right. this is where I am, right? I don't, I don't care about it as much. And I talked about this, I guess, before you hopped on. It, it's, it's a bad contract. It is. There's no way around it. You know, I, I mean, he can play himself into a good one, but as far as the evidence of his play goes, it's a bad one. But hopefully, he can play better. And even if he plays well, this team is not going to be out of the bottom dwelling East because Kimba Walker was extremely good. He was an all-NBA player, and the Hornets couldn't make the playoffs. So if Terry Rozier is a little bit better than what he was last season, if he improves his efficiency, it doesn't mean that the Hornets are going to get out of you know the all, the last seed or the second-to-last seed. Uh, by the way, Rick Bennell had the over-under at 25 wins for the Charlotte Hornets next season. you taking the over or the under? I'm going to push. I love 25. That's a nice, neat number. I like that. 25 wins. I'm going to go push. Robert Franks, a 6'8 forward out of Washington State, undrafted out of Washington State, by the way. He signs the first two-way contract with the Charlotte Hornets. And you can expect another one coming. You can have two two-way contracts on the roster each season. We can go back two years ago when they first implemented this rule. It was Mango Mathiang and Marcus Page. Last year, it was J.P. Makura. And it was Joe Cheely. This year, we know it's going to be Robert Franks, and we'll see who the other guy is. But this was somebody that was dominant in college. He was named the All-Pac-12 first team as a senior last season. He averaged over 21 points per game, over seven rebounds a game, two and a half assists per game. He played 27 contests. He led the conference in scoring and free throw percentage. We know he's a good shooter. And it has been interesting to see the Hornets platoon Kubolka and Robert Franks. And they only played him one game in summer league and decided, you know what? This is going to be our two-way guy. You know, what are your thoughts on uh, really what was a very good college player that played a long time with the Cougars? Yeah, odd that he was undrafted after being so dominant. I think, it, you know, being a four-year player uh, scared a lot of people. I, I think the big knock on him was that he wasn't very efficient as a scorer when when he was a role player, which is what he's going to have to be early on in his, you know, G League NBA journey. It was only after he got a ton of touches in that senior year for Washington State that that he was or really in his junior year that he was able to improve as a scorer and as a defender. There's not much there, but he is a shooting specialist. I mean, he's he's a tweener, but like all the modern fours are tweeners, so that's not a big knock on on people anymore. Uh, so I mean, really, it's all going to come down to can he get into the G League and adjust to playing a a role as opposed to being a primary score? 
Well, and yeah, it's a guy that gives you some type of factors in the new age NBA where, you know, yeah. he isn't, he, he, he's, he seems more like a post player, right? He is that stretch four type model and it's why he is platooning with Kubota. I think a lot of people would rather have Arnie in that starting lineup or in that, you know, rotation, I should say what, you know, with any kind of minutes, either one of these guys would be getting, but yeah, I don't mind the two-way contract. I think again, Josh Perkins, somebody that has impressed point guard is, kind of a position of need right now. I guess if you have Joe Cheely, you know, looking for a spot in Greensboro, I don't know what you would do with him, but Josh Perkins has been another guy that is impressed. But other than that, I don't know who else you would give the two-way contract to on the Charlotte Hornets roster right now. I think it's Perkins uh, along with um, Franks that already gets it, but you know, Kennedy Meeks just hasn't looked good. You know, defensively, he's just awful. And we knew that coming out of North Carolina. Uh, Isaiah Hicks has been fine. You know, I, I wonder about him. Maybe that's somebody that we should be giving a little bit more attention to. But other than that, you look at guys that have gotten real minutes, just you looking at this game against China, you know, McDaniels gets 18, but that's a draft pick. You, you got Cody Martin, who's a draft pick. And other than that, they're all names that I've already mentioned. You know, it'll be interesting to, to see what they do with Makura. But, you know, that those are the guys that are... Yeah not getting as much time and we'll, we'll see exactly how the Hornets uh, choose to utilize them. But Robert Frank, somebody I'm not mad at them given the two way contract to Yeah, only averaging two points per game so far in summer league, but that's because he has not had an opportunity to have a lot of run. And obviously the Hornets have seen something in, in practice with, with the summer league team and in his, in his four years in college that they really, really liked enough to, lock him down into a two-way contract. And I think he's playing the right position for the Hornets to get an opportunity if that opportunity comes because that 3-4 position, I think, is going to be malleable and it, it will only take one or two injuries to give Kubolka, if if he doesn't go back overseas, or Franks an opportunity to step up and, and play a few minutes in the NBA and, and see if they've got anything. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets, we will come back with you on Friday. Talk a little bit more about what the Charlotte Hornets are going to be doing. I think they'll be playing on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll talk about that uh, later on in the week. Hopefully not. will join us for Fire Friday. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'll look it up. <laughs> 